Hello and welcome to the No Huddle Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with you. But first, I'd like to give a shout out to the guys over at the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. This is the number one Australian-made fantasy football podcast. The guys are the absolute best in the industry, delivering top-shelf content every single week. Make sure to stop by and check out Manjot, giving out his fresh pastries to the previous week's top performers. While you're there, make an appointment with Taylor for Dr. Goodcall to predict some wholesome fantasy starters for the current week. Then check in to see Matty C putting the guys through their paces in Fantasy Cliffhanger before finally listening to the guys battle it out in Starts of the Week. You can find them on all social media platforms. YouTube, their handle is youtube.com forward slash at Aussie NFL Fantasy. Twitter, it's at Aussie underscore fantasy. Instagram, Aussie NFL Fantasy. TikTok, at Aussie NFL Fantasy. As well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, back to the show. After a bit of an unplanned hiatus, I'm back again to deliver you some more Dynasty Fantasy Football content. On today's show, we're going to be going through our second edition of the Rolling Team of the Year. There have been some pretty wholesale changes made to the team. So in the essence of trying to keep these episodes as short as possible, we're just going to cover off this con- the team content today. I will do a second episode later in the week that I'll mention a bit more about at the end of the episode. But for now, let's get started. So for those that tuned into our earlier episode when we went through the original rolling team of the year or the first uh, first version of it, um, you'll note that we base this off preseason ADP and we apply their current rank versus the expert consensus ranking. So this is a culmination of uh, a multitude of different analysis uh, analysts and their, I guess, opinion of where they're going to rank versus what they've already put out uh, in terms of fantasy points and what the rest of season schedule looks like. So what we then do is apply an average points per game and we do that... Uh, thanks to Fantasy Pros, we apply their their average points um, for quarterbacks. It doesn't really matter, but uh, for running back, wide receiver, and tight end, it's half point PPR. Um, and we we just try to match, I guess, or, or get an idea of what that team would look like as a fantasy score weekly. And yeah, I know every league's a little bit different, but it's kind of cool to look at what sort of fantasy output you could get on some of these guys that, um, for the most part, generally aren't seen as uh, a one at their position. So we're not looking at quarterback one, running back one, wide receiver and tight end one. Uh, generally, these guys are, are at, at most a second tier option at their position, um, flex or even bench players to start the season. So um, our original team of the year for, for the first update was uh, quarterback was Trevor Lawrence. Running back one was Ramondre Stevenson. Running back two was James Robinson. Wide receiver one was Garrett Wilson. Wide receiver two is Drake London. Tight end is Gerald Everett. And flex, we went with Rashad Bateman. Now, in all those cases, those players went from... There was only one player in the top 20 uh, at their position. That was Trevor, who was quarterback 19. So, for this week's... Oh, I, I guess... Um, after after a fair break and, and some more data to compile, um, there have been a couple of changes. I think I think they're they're justified changes. Um, we have gone with 
a change at quarterback. So the new quarterback for our team is Tua Tungavaloa. So his ADP was 138 overall, which in a 12-team league is 12th round six pick. He was caught, he, that would have made him quarterback 16. Uh, his current rank is quarterback seven and an average points per game of 19.49. Now, his upcoming uh, slew of games is Chargers this week, Buffalo next week, Green Bay, New England, and New York Jets to finish off. Now... When we break down some of these matchups, and I get this, we do this to try and forecast where these matchups might lead and whether or not this player has favorable matchups coming up and whether we can expect them to still stay, I guess, in this um, in this area or whether or not there's going to be a fall away or whether they could actually rise. So um, so the Chargers are 17th against uh, for passing yards, 26th for passing touchdowns. Um, what we know about the Chargers this season is they can't stop the run. Um, and they're very average in the red zone. So that matchup could, um, I guess, could drag him back to the mean. I know he didn't have a very, uh, didn't have a particularly good showing compared to what he has done this season last week. Um, 49ers defense is legit, though. We know that. Um, so I, I'm going to call that a plus matchup because the yards and touchdowns will be there. Um but I could see a scenario where they run a lot. So, where, sorry, where Miami decided to run a lot. Uh, Buffalo is 15th uh, for passing yards, 9th for passing touchdowns. Very good versus the run and red zone. So, they're going to force him to pass. Um, now, that game, I think it was week three this year. Um, obviously, there was he, he looked fine until there was the knock that he took, concussion or not, not getting into that. But um, that game sort of ended more that the defense had to win that for them so um this one will be a really interesting one it will probably be in the snow and we know from i guess uh, what we've seen last season is weather is a, a big thing for Tua. so because he he grew up in hawaii um went to college in alabama there's not a lot of snow there I mean, there's ever been snow there i could be wrong um, not from the state, so um, so that could play a factor. Green Bay are ninth against passing yards and 18th against passing touchdowns. They're not good versus the runner in the red zone, so I guess I, I would probably call this a plus matchup only because Green Bay just haven't been their regular selves this, this season. I think they can get it done. I think this offense is offering enough that um, we would consider that a plus. Uh, New England are sixth against passing touchdown, uh, passing yards. Sorry, sixteenth against passing touchdowns. Good versus the run and the red zone. So they're a, a good all-round defense. I'm going to call that a negative matchup only because I feel like um, that game at Foxborough is going to be is going to be a tough one for him. Um, I think Belichick will finally get his first win potentially over Tua um, as a Miami homer. If any of you know me outside, um, that hurts, but. I I just feel like that game will be scripted. I think Miami will take it easy because we're talking about the second last game of the season. Hopefully by then they've locked up a playoff berth and they could start to, I guess, rest some stars for what will hopefully be a, a decent playoff run um, in this very sad Miami Dolphins fans history. I haven't experienced one of those yet. So, um and then to finish off, New York Jets. So number four against uh, for passing yards, number three for passing touchdowns. Average versus the run and red zone. So I feel like this will be um, a big RPO game. 
probably I'm, I'm hoping that they again will probably lean into Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert a bit more. Um, so I'm going to call that a negative matchup. So out of the next five, getting back to the point of this is three of the next five games I would consider plus matchups. So that should keep him in and around. I guess that quarterback 10, unless someone really, I guess, blows up in this last stretch of games, we could probably expect him to stay here, um, barring injury. And as I said, I guess something we're not expecting. So um, good result there. So we've also had a change at running back. So um, running back two, uh, so running back one in our first edition was Ramondre Stevenson. We've kept him in here. He's running back two. I'll run through his stats and then I'll highlight which change we made. So, uh, Ramondre in our first um, our first edition of this was running. He's running back thirty six. Um, so ninetieth ninetieth pick overall. That would would have been eight oh six in a twelve team league. Um, his rank. In our, in our first update of this was running back 26 and an average of 9.58 points per game, half point PPR. So in our update, he, same stats, obviously, he's jumped to running back 11. So he's considered now, I guess we would, we would call him a running back one. Um, and his average has jumped up to 14.10. Uh, points per game. So, massive jump there. Um, when you look at that team's passing attack, you can understand why he's so valuable. They, they, this, Who do they pass to outside of Jacoby Myers um, and whichever tight end decides, uh, decides to turn up? Um, the upcoming slew of games is Arizona, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, Miami, and Buffalo. So, it's actually a pretty tough schedule. Um, when we look at their individual stats, so Arizona are ninth against rushing yards, 19th against rushing touchdowns. They are bottom of the league versus the pass and red zone. So there could actually be a bit of PPR value for Stevenson here. Um, and I would actually call this, even though they're not giving up a lot of rushing yards, they're giving up a lot of touchdowns. And he, um, while ever Damian Harris is sort of a non, non-factor, he's getting that work. Um, and we've seen that, like he's taking the lion's share of everything. And it's sort of a mix of like two or three different guys behind him that are just spelling him. Um, Las Vegas are 18th for rushing yards, 24th for rushing touchdowns. They're bottom of the league versus pass and red zone. So similar story. Um, they're going to be able to move the ball fairly well, um, although they can't stop the run. Um, so this is an absolute plus matchup for Stevenson. Uh, Cincinnati are 13th for rushing yards, 16th for rushing touchdowns. They're above average versus the pass and red zone. So um, they're giving up a lot of root, a, a lot of yards, um, very much bend, don't break for Cincinnati this year, which is kind of weird. They've traditionally been a really iffy defense, um, but they're actually having a pretty good season. So um, I'm still going to call this a plus matchup because you're talking average feet, yards and touchdowns so there's always the chance for that broken play and he's absolutely good enough that if they if he can if they can create a lane for him um he'll take it to the house so um we'll again call that a plus matchup um miami uh eighth for rushing yards 19th for rushing touchdowns terrible against the pass and in the red zone so um 
what this highlights is if they can, if New England can get the ball to the red zone, they score more often than they don't against, or teams score more often than they don't against Miami. So um, I'm going to call this a plus because of his usage. That's, I, I, I would, the only asterisk I have next to this is if Damian Harris is back, I feel like that will take a little bit away from Stevenson. Um, but for now, we'll call it a plus based on the information we have. Um, and Buffalo are fourth against rushing yards, ninth against rushing touchdowns, below average versus the pass. And they're pretty good in the red zone. So um, we're going to call this a negative only because I, 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 that match, it's the last one of the season. If there's a few different storylines to this, if Miami really lift and, and win a heap of games, um, actually, I feel like this could come down to that uh, Miami-Buffalo game. If a miracle happens and Miami beat them, then Buffalo are going to have to really come out and win by a lot um, and then pray Miami drop a game somewhere, um, which I, I've predicted. I think they lose that game against the Patriots. Um, anyway, so we're interested to see that how that comes out. I'm going to call that a negative based on just how staunch they are. I know the loss of Von Miller is massive for Buffalo, um, but we'll just see how they how that washes out. As of right now, Stevenson is absolutely running back um, running back one. So the running back change that we've picked up is we went in the, the first edition of this, we had James Robinson, who was 122 overall, 11.02, running back 42. And he was, at that time, current rank was running back 28 and 14.30 fantasy points per game. In this one, we've decided to go with Josh Jacobs, who is having an absolute monster season. Anyone that owns him in fantasy, there is no... You would not be disappointed with any investment. I know he's been a bit iffy sort of the first couple of years, um, but he's absolutely paying off any investment you had in him. He's having such a great season. So his preseason ADP was 50. It was 5.02 in a 12-team league, and it would have been running back 22. So... Um, if you were doing startup, you would have got him sort of as that maybe running back two possible flex. Um, he's currently sitting at running back 12, and average points per game is 20.2. So, again, like to, to have an average of 20, we're talking about almost blue chip um, running back. So, that's your, your Derrick Henry area. That's It's, it's a massive result for him. Um, and I actually think feel like when I was looking this up he's actually the number one running back run, number one scoring running back this season so um, that's awesome stuff for him and it's nice to see something good come out of um, that Raiders team which I know they've got such a they've had such a rocky couple of years it'd be really hard for their fans um, so obviously all that promise with Devontae Adams coming in um, so yeah nice to see something good come out of that um, their upcoming games Los Angeles Rams New England Patriots, Pittsburgh, 49ers, and the Chiefs. So we'll just jump through these pretty quickly. So Rams are number seven for rushing yards, number nine for rushing touchdowns, bottom of the league versus the pass. Um, They're pretty good in the red zone. New England are 10th against rushing yards, first against rushing touchdowns. They're very good versus the pass and red zone. 
Uh, Steelers are number six for rushing yards, number three for rushing touchdowns, bottom of the league versus the pass, and average in the red zone. 49ers are first against rushing yards, 11th against rushing touchdowns. They're very good across the board versus the pass um, and red zone. So as we know, they're, they're probably the top defense in the league. And Kansas City are fifth for rushing yards, fifth for rushing touchdowns, and bottom of the league versus pass and red zone. So out of those, I would say he's got a pretty tough schedule coming up. Um, I would consider probably the Rams is, is a good is going to be a good matchup for him. Um, he will probably have a pretty good yardage day against the Patriots, but they're not giving up a lot of um, not giving up many scores at all. Obviously, first against touchdowns, so um, so that one we're going to call a plus, but purely just based on yards. Um, Pittsburgh matchup. We're going to say it is a positive, but we're going to hope he has a pretty good um, red zone day. I'll say they, they get to the red zone and he's just got a, a good PPR day, so a lot of passing. Um, 49ers is a tough one, and same Kansas City's probably a similar situation to Pittsburgh that we'd want him to really feast on the pass. So um, pretty cool change there. So... Um, jumping into the wide receivers. And what we've found with our wide receivers is we've actually made wholesale changes compared to the first edition of this. So our wide receiver one and two was Garrett Wilson and Drake London. For our update, we have gone with Amon Ra St. Brown and Chris Olave as wide receiver one and two respectively. So we'll go through Amon Ra first. So his preseason ADP was 63, 63rd pick overall, which would have been 503 or wide receiver 25. His current rank is wide receiver 10, which means you, if you were doing a startup, you would have drafted him as potentially a wide receiver 2 or even a flex, um, and you're getting wide receiver 1 production from him, which is fantastic return on investment. Um, his average points per game is 15 points on the dot. So we'll have a look at his upcoming games. Now, we've got Minnesota, New York Jets, Carolina, Chicago, and Green Bay. So Minnesota are 32nd against the pass, so absolute bottom of the league. 28th for pass completion, 11th against passing touchdowns, and average versus the run and in the red zone. So we know that it's going to be Goff, and he's shown that he can do it. Um, he's going to have to have a pretty big day if they want to, I guess, beat the division rival. Um, it can be done. He's had great... We've seen him sort of fire this season already. So um, I feel like this is an absolute plus matchup for Amon Ra. Um, New York Jets, we've already touched on um, when we went through the tour notes. So um, we're going to call it a negative matchup just based on the fact that their secondary is, is playing really, really well. So um, we won't dive into that one too much. We know that's a negative. Um, Carolina are, le- are 11th versus passing yards, 20th versus passing completions, 9th versus passing touchdowns, below average for the run and, re- and in the red zone. So... Um, again, we'll probably call this a plus matchup based on they can move the ball. Their defense isn't locking uh, receivers down, I guess, like the best defenses in the league. So 
Um, this is probably going to be another plus matchup for Amonra. Um, Chicago are 19th uh, for passing yards, 4th against pass completions, 11th versus passing touchdowns. They're bottom of the league versus the run and red zone. So this game is probably going to be a big swift game. Um, they are giving up a lot of passing yards, but I think what what we've seen is it's blown coverage. It's big plays. So um, they're taking away a lot of the underneath stuff, but we know if they manage to get the ball downfield so through a broken coverage or if they can run it down using Swift, um, which could very well be the game plan. I could actually see that like this being a big game for him, um, being how easy they are to run on. Um, you could get a bit of a joy from... Um, Aman Ra down, um, touch, a good touchdown game from him. So um, we're going to call that a plus matchup. And then Green Bay is the final game for them for the season. Um, we're going to call this a plus matchup based on the tour notes. Uh, we know that you can move the ball. They do give up a lot of touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll go with a plus there. So out of the next five games, I've got four of them being plus matchups, one negative being the Jets. So if you're an Aman Ra owner and you're still in the playoff hunt, or if you're looking for some value for next season, um, you know, like he he's a he's a good candidate to potentially get you some good value back. He's certainly shown it. So um, our final wide receiver, a uh, wide receiver two, sorry, is Chris Olave. So his preseason ADP was one thirteen overall, which would have been ten oh five in a twelve team league, which makes him wide receiver forty four. Um, at the start of the season. His current rank is wide receiver 13, so he's just outside what we would consider in a 12-team league uh, wide receiver 1. But from wide receiver 44 to there, fantastic value. Um, His average points per game, half-point PPR, is 11.40. So um, any investment in him outside of... Because, again, you would have probably had him as maybe a flex, probably a bench stash. Um, to be delivering that kind of production is outstanding considering the mess they've had at quarterback this year. And you would imagine this in this offseason, they will figure something out there more long-term. So the arrow is absolutely pointing up for him. Um, his stretch of games coming up. So they've actually got a bye this week. Uh, then they've got Atlanta, Cleveland, Philadelphia, and Carolina to finish the season. So... Um, just diving into a couple of these quickly. Atlanta, 29th versus the pass. 30th for pass completions. 22nd for passing touchdowns. They're bad across the board in terms of run um, and red zone. So um, I guess the only risk here in that matchup is if Kamari gets going, this game could blow out pretty quickly and he may not deliver the points you would expect him to um, in, in a tighter contest. So um, on paper, this is a great matchup, just whether or not the game script supports that. Uh, Cleveland, uh, 12th against passing yards, 8th against pass completion, 16th for passing touchdowns, below average versus the run and in the red zone. We're going to call this a plus matchup, purely based on yards and touchdown potential. Uh, they'll be able to move the ball. Um the, this will be another big Kamara game, um, just based on you, you can run on them. Uh, Miami had a field day and they don't have a great running game, so um, or a great established running game. Kamara is a beast, so that's going to be a big matchup for him. I feel like that will open up for Alave to to. I guess if he does have a down matchup against Atlanta, that'll be a good bounce back game. 
Um, Philly are number one against passing yards, number eight for passing completions, and number six for passing touchdowns. Above average versus the run and red zone. Actually, a really good defense, and I think we've touched on this on a previous episode. They are deli- they are over delivering um, versus expectation. I think for a lot of people, I mean, even your your um, most staunch Jalen Hurts fan or believer. Would have would never have expected him to deliver this. So um, that team's doing really really well. Um, I'm going to call this a negative matchup just based on the fact um, they're locking down a lot of a lot of stuff on the back end. So um, if they can establish the run, um, then you might see him sort of break off a couple of long passes, maybe a jagger touchdown. Um, but they're not giving up much in the way of yards. So they're they're taking away the deep play. Um, which is a shame, but um, so we'll call that a negative. And then Carolina, we've already gone through with Aman Ra just before. So we're going to call that a plus matchup. So out of the next five, obviously there's a bye, so that's a wash. So out of the four upcoming games, we've got three plus matchups, one negative. So again, we could see him maintain um, his position here. Hopefully, we see him improve, improve his average points per game. Um, and finally, for our tight end. Now, last time we had Gerald Everett, um, who he was 219th pick overall, 19, which is 1903, tight end 26. Um, his, his rank at the time was tight end 18, and average points per game was 10.28. Um tight end is an absolute mess um this time we've gone with greg dolchich so he actually didn't even appear on the preseason adp so there was no number for me to um to pick for him so he would have absolutely gone undrafted so this guy you were getting for free um his current rank is tight end 10 um average points per game is 7.20 which is actually three points less than our previous update but as i said like outside of maybe one or two tight ends, it's an absolute nightmare trying to um, fill that position and with any sort of certainty. Um, When we look at his upcoming games, we've got New England, Denver, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and San Francisco. So New England, we have them six versus passing yards. Number two for pass completions. Number 16 for passing touchdowns. They're above average versus the run and red zone. Um, we're going to call this one a negative because um, I think we, when we look at tight end, we rely on a lot of um, sort of those PPR points um, and potentially jagging a touchdown. Um, I know they're giving up 16. They're they're 16th in the league for passing touchdowns, which sort of has them bottom half of the league. Um, I just feel like they're gonna, they will lock up um, a lot of the run, and it's. I just don't see the game script being there for for Dolchich in that one. Um, so we'll go negative there. Denver uh, number three for passing yards, number 17 for pass completions, and number one for touchdowns, uh, passing touchdowns. They're very good against the run and in the red zone. Um, I'm actually going to flip that. I'm going to go. This is a plus matchup because of the passing completions. They're giving up a lot of stuff, a lot of short. So it's a lot of bend don't break, um, which could actually be pretty good for him. 
Um, so we're going to have that one as a positive matchup for him. Uh, Tampa Bay are next. So fifth against passing yards, 13th for passing completions, 18th against passing touchdowns. They're very good against the run and red zone. So um, similar stories above. I'm going to have this as a positive matchup. They're going to need to pass, I guess, early and often. Um, you're, you're probably going to see a lot of sort of over-the-middle stuff, um, short, quick outs, um, that sort of thing. So um, we'll go positive matchup there. Atlanta, we've been through with um, Alave. That's going to be a positive matchup for... Uh, for Dolchich in that one. San Francisco are uh, 8th for passing yards, 14th for pass completions, 3rd for passing touchdowns, above average versus the run and red zone. Um, what we've seen is if Nick Bosa is right to go, um, he's the main disruptor. He's like, he, he's, there's, I haven't seen an offensive lineman really lock him out. So, um, I think, again, a quick passing game is going to have to be what they do. Um, San Francisco do have really good linebackers in Warner and um, Greenlaw. So um, I, I feel like, again, that, that sort of short to, to 10 yards um, over the middle, quick outs, they're going to be so how they're going to have to move the ball. Um, I don't think there's going to be much in, sort of in the way of deep passing. So... Um, and Kyler, as athletic as he is, I mean, you can only run from Nick Bosa for so long. So, um, so that'll be a really interesting matchup. I'm going to have it as a negative only because we've just seen um, San Francisco destroy good offenses. So, um, yeah. So we've had a bit of a change at flex as well for this one. So our original flex was Rashad Bateman, who was 76th overall, which was 704 wide receiver 31. Um, and his rank at the time was wide receiver 19, delivering 10.20 fantasy points per game. So we've gone with another wide receiver because I think, as I said in the the original one, they are over-delivering this season as a whole, as a whole position uh, versus expected um, ADP. We're seeing the, the greatest growth there. Wide, uh, running backs have been fairly volatile. They've, they've had good weeks and they've had bad weeks. You, you Josh Jacobs, who's been a standout, but um, as a position group, it's just been a, it's been a tough, tough year to own, I guess, any, any high-end pieces. So Devonta Smith um, is our flex for this, this update. His preseason ADP was 96th overall, which would have been 8.12, so end of the eighth round in a 12-team league, which was wide receiver 37. Uh, His current rank is wide receiver 20, and he's delivering 10.30 fantasy points per game, half PPR. So, again, what we're saying here is if you did a startup in this last offseason, you could get Devonta Smith as your flex if you had two flex positions, um, possibly even a, a bench stash. Um, he's delivering borderline wide receiver to, oh, sorry, mid towards the end of wide receiver two numbers. Um, which, if you can get that in your flex position, it's a fantastic result. Um, obviously, depending on your, your league scoring, but um, yeah. So let's jump into his upcoming games. So it's got New York Giants, Chicago, Dallas. Saints and Giants again to see out the season. So this should be a pretty quick one because we've touched on a couple there. We will touch on Giants first. Um, so Giants are 16th against passing yards, 5th against passing completions, 
six for passing touchdowns. They're average against the run and red zone. So we're going to call that a plus matchup. We know Devonta Smith isn't a high... He isn't looked at, I guess, as a... Or he's not used as a high target option. He's very much just um, down the field, 20-plus yards, um, and, and is pretty good in the red zone. So we're going to go plus matchup here just because the yards are there. Um, and Giants average in the red zone. So we know he... You know, he it's a, there's a fair chance he'll um, have a good touchdown day. Chicago, we went through with St. Brown. We're going to call that a plus matchup. Again, based on yards, um, I feel like that's a similar situation to the Giants. Give me up plenty of yards, not so many completions, so um, big plays. Dallas, uh, number two against passing yards. Number eight against passing completions. Number six against passing touchdowns. They're below average versus the run, but they've Pretty good in the red zone. So we're going to go negative matchup here. Um, there's not a lot for wide receivers in this matchup. It's going to be Sanders um, and Jalen Hurts doing a lot of the work uh, on the ground. Uh, New Orleans are 18th against passing yards, 20th against passing completions, and 11th against passing touchdowns. They're really bad against the run, but they're good in the red zone. So I'm going to go plus matchup based on yards and touchdowns completions are there but as we mentioned he's not a big um uh, completion um ppr type wide receiver he's very much big play and and touchdown dependent um but that's that's a plus matchup and giants we've just touched on earlier so out of the upcoming five games we've got four plus matchups one negative so there's a better than, I would say, a pretty good chance that we're going to see Devonta Smith hold on to his spot. Um, so, just recapping that, um, our very first edition of the Team of the Year was Trevor Lawrence, Ramondre Stevenson, James Robinson, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Gerald Everett, and Rashad Bateman. Out of the total average points per game um, that they were delivering at the time, that worked out to be 86.16 fantasy points on average. In this update, we've moved to Tourist quarterback Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, Amon Ra St. Brown, Chris Olave, Greg Dolchich, and Devonta Smith. Um, just recapping their points per game. So it's 19.49 for Tua, 20.2 for Jacobs, 14.1 for Stevenson, 15 for Amon Ra, 11.4 for Chris Olave, 7.2 for Dolchich, and 10.3 for Devonta Smith. That adds up to 97.69 average fantasy points per game. So we've lifted our average by 11.53 points per game. So what that's telling us is obviously bigger sample size. You're seeing more players sort of lift their average. Um, could go two ways, I guess. So um, if in a, a slower offensive season. So if defenses really start to take over, the average would obviously drop. We're seeing offenses really take off. Um, and some of these players, pretty much every position we've gone up in average. Um, the only drop was at tight end, but we know that that's a mess. So um, again, you apply your own scoring to this, but um, in my home league, 97.69 points would generally keep you in a lot of games. You'd probably win more than you'd lose. Um, so... To end up with a team like this, 
uh, if you were to draft this or if this was sort of pieces that you accumulated and this was your starting lineup, um, you'd be pretty happy. I, I think, well, I certainly would be based on what I allow for each position. Um, that would win me more games than not. Um, so that's going to wrap us up for today. On the next episode, we, I'm going to be doing a, an episode, um, an extra one in a couple of days. We're going to be touching, doing that episode purely based on um, the running back, uh, rookie running backs expected to come out. So just a couple of names to watch for. Um because as the, we're getting closer to the off-season, this is the sort of content that we're going to be covering after the fantasy season finishes. Um, so that's when, when the Dynasty content really starts to lift. So we'll do running backs as a standalone episode, uh, and then we'll look to add wide receiver and tight end in the coming weeks. So um, just to give you a list of names, just to start keeping an eye on, um, I guess, towards the, the college finals, um, college playoffs, and then... Um, going into the off-season program. So um, thanks again for checking me out. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no Huddle Dynasty on both. Um, any questions, please feel free to shoot them through. I'm more than happy to address any content that you're curious on. If there's something you're not sure about or something that you, you know, you've you heard on another podcast but it wasn't explained and you just want a, a bit of a, d- a deeper dive on it, please hit me up. More than happy to help out there. Uh, Thanks for checking and I'll see you on the next episode.